We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're live. Welcome to Light Years. Sam Spandiari here, sitting across from me in Andy Lou's absence. I have Kyle Madsen. Kyle, the Warriors are undefeated this season when you've co-hosted. That's big are time. You, are you willing to take credit? Yeah, of course. I mean, because this has consistently happened. Nothing else. Like Jordan Poole doing what Jordan Poole did doesn't happen every night. But every night that I've co-hosted this podcast, um, they've won. So I'm ready to take credit. I thought I did a great job today. It, it was all you. Uh, when Jordan Poole put 20, 18, whatever in the 18. fourth quarter, I was like, that's Kyle's coaching right there. Yeah, that no, is- and it was me. It was me getting on the <laughs> internet and and whining about Jordan Poole. Is it? Okay. It. So the Warriors beat the Philadelphia 76ers 120-112. Uh, in a game where majority of the game, I was just like, damn, Joel Embiid's really good. You know, yeah. I guess the but but let's start in Jordan Poole, because it really was kind of the duality of Jordan Poole. And and maybe that's the best way to describe him has um, been a controversial player this season. Mm-hmm. Um, he's maybe not like he had such a good season, a breakout season last year and just hasn't quite built on it in the way that maybe we thought he would last off season. Right. right. Uh, but tonight, tonight was a reminder of why he got that huge contract and why, you know, when he has those poor performances, you shouldn't be so quick to just be like, oh, just trade him for a draft pick type of stuff. Right. Cause like right. it's, it's special. There's not a lot of guys who can take over a game where Joel Embiid, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Tobias Harris, <laughs> all those guys are on the floor and he's just like, no, nope, it's my time to shine. It's, I don't know that there's ever, I've ever rooted for an athlete like this mm-hmm. where he is, he's a microcosm of this Warriors team, right? Mm-hmm. It's like they're infuriating. He is infuriating. But then you have a game like this one where it's like, oh, that's why you deal with it. That's why you put up with it. The other mm-hmm. game was at the, the Clippers at Chase earlier this year. We had a really nice game, and it, it came on the back of a, of a couple of really poor performances. And you, you, you deal with the kind of ups and downs because 
I think the more he plays and the more he figures it out, I think the ups are going to eventually outweigh the downs. Right now, it feels like they, they're about 50-50. Right. But you can kind of, like, last year in the finals, the reason I was so high on Jordan Poole going into this year was because in the finals last year to start the series, it was like he was unplayable. He could not figure it out. Right. But by game four, or game three, game four, it was like, oh, he's figuring out how to impact this series without having to score 25 or 30 points. And that's that's what I was hoping going into this year. He would continue to kind of build on that and figure out how to impact games. And you see little flashes of it, especially in a game like tonight. Um, but then what are you going to get on Sunday? Like For sure. That's the conundrum. It's, it's been a few games in a row where I've been like, he's finally turning the corner. But right before that, there was there was a stretch of games where I was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm out. I'm out. It's over. Trade him for Jonathan Isaac or I don't care. You know, like, so, <laughs> like you know, sure. just saying names. Um, to the Jordan Poole point, on the post game, Jordan Poole said he does not appreciate the slander. He said we saw playoff JP tonight. Well, um, I don't appreciate the heat check 35-footer after he makes his first <laughs> basket in 11 shots. I mean, it's kind of the perfect microcosm of him because he uh, he's audacious, both on and off the court, right? <laughs> like, just letting everyone know after he has probably his best moment um in in a good stretch you know mm-hmm. kind of taking over the game bringing home what was a huge win against an incredibly hot Joel Embiid like I mean I, I don't know how you felt but I was watching him in the third quarter and I was just like I don't know how the Warriors gonna come back on this like he can't miss nothing they were doing well when they when he came back in in the fourth and they mm-hmm. just immediately stretched it to 11 it just kind of felt like okay this is like this is done. They're not going to be able to get enough stops to cut into an 11 point lead. And then, and then they did. I thought they did a really nice job of kind of, and I don't know if he got gas towards the end of the game. Uh, I thought Kevon Looney and Draymond Green did a really nice job. They started throwing some different stuff at him defensively, but they forced him into like fall away jumpers. And if you're getting him to shoot, and he made a bunch of them tonight, but you're taking that volume of the volume. I was like, dude, he can't hit like eight of these in a row, and I, it felt like he literally did hit eight of them in a row at one point. Yeah, he went. Uh, what did he go tonight? What did he finish? Thirteen of twenty-three. He missed ten shots. If you told me he shot twenty-three times, I would have been like, he went twenty for twenty-three. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. 22, 22 free throws. That's the other part of it, where it was just a parade to the line. I mean, if it, it, it felt um. Didn't it feel inevitable? Didn't it feel like you're going against like a uh, a Shaq or like a locked in LeBron? Where you're like, well, I, I don't know what to really do right now. Like to the point where it's like, just stop fouling him. Let him have the two. Mm. I'm just yeah. tired of watching free throws. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let him get his two points and like, go home. I don't, I don't want to pot at 11 tonight. Let's just get silver. Yeah, <laughs> it's brutal. He's the only player, I think, because so every year, we've done this every year since 2015, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's been like the Warriors don't have enough size. The Warriors don't have enough size. Mm-hmm. You know, they trade, they, they, they and every year they try to get smaller and just just because they want to bring that vibe back. Let right. us know. They right. still don't have enough size. We're going to get smaller. Ultimate small ball. Uh, James <laughs> Wiseman, too big. That was the only problem. Uh, <laughs> no, but he's. It, it feels like Joel Embiid is the only player in the league that can expose their lack of size in a way that it's like, oh, that might, that might be impactful over a seven-game series. Because you can't just run Joel Embiid off the floor like they did with Clint Capella and pick your favorite big over over the sure. last decade you know put Jokic in high pick and roll but at the same time as inevitable as Joel felt for three and change quarters they did eventually run him off the court like he got his mm-hmm. I, I'm not gonna say he was 
the problem in any capacity for Philly. Mm-hmm. Anytime you go 46, 9, and 8 uh, efficiently, you've done your job. But at the same time, that fourth quarter was a layup line. Um, Jordan Poole, we gave the praise to off the bat, but mm-hmm. Steph had a handful of those and I don't really know what you call that like little eight foot push shot, but it's, yeah, it's, just it's a, a layup. Pass. It's just, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it, it is a layup for him. Like every time he gets, I'm like, okay, that's going in. you know? Yeah. When he gets him on there, when he gets him on the hip and then he just stops. Yeah. I right. bet. He, I bet. I swear to God, he shoots 95% on that. I can't remember him missing one, but the point is it's like they're, they, they spaced Philly out and they tired Joel out and they just started getting layups and threes mm-hmm. and repeat on them. And it, that's kind of the warriors conundrum in general. It's, you know, do they have enough size? No, they're small. At some mm-hmm. point you're going to feel like they're small, but if they get into their rhythm, no one can guard them. Um, and you know, maybe we could talk about this. Um, I walked away from this game being like, okay, Joel Embiid's the MVP of the league in the Dude. sense of I'm not a, um, I found the whole conversation uninteresting. Like it's, it's exhausting, bro. Yeah. Well, I, I just I just don't care. It's like a, an argument of guys I feel fairly confident that Steph Curry's better than. So <laughs> so like I, I just can't I can't like really engage in this like debate over who the like who's the guy who's gonna get like caught on the perimeter while Steph hits threes, you know? Right. Um well and here's here's the way I look at it. And I try mm-hmm. so I try really hard not to engage in conversations where like, I'm sorry, I don't watch a ton of Sixers basketball. I don't watch a ton of nuggets either. Mm-hmm. So if you want me to give you a take on Jokic or Embiid, it's going to be based on what I see when they play the Warriors. And Joel Embiid tonight impacted a game as much as any player in the league, first of all, but certainly more than Jokic did in five playoff games last year. Like I've just never like, he he impacts the game a little bit differently. It's not so much with the scoring, you know, it's the passing and everything he can do there. But it was like, man, I've never felt like when Nikola Jokic gets the ball, it's like, damn it. Like this possession is going to end in two points or three points. But in beat tonight, every time he touched the ball, there was that one where he lost. It was at the, it was in the fourth quarter and he like lost his dribble and picked it up with like five on the shot clock. And he has Kavan on the perimeter. It's like some Kevin Durant. Yeah. Like, like (laughs) that's, not a lot of guys do that with Kevon Looney. And no, and it's man, and it, it was how uh, to me it was also like how automatic he is on that like little like fadeaway jump shot. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize you became Kevin Durant. You know, like it's it, outrageous. Yeah, his game's and, developed a lot. And, and I think my overall take on him is I probably undersold his offense uh, because I, I I like. Jokic's game like he's just such uh, a good passer and, and makes a lot of marginal players better so I always have like a soft spot for those type of guys like more than the guy I, like the guy who puts 25 but like makes Air, uh, you know Aaron Gordon look really good to me is a more impactful <laughs> right. offensive player than the guy who gets 30 plus right. with that said if it's 30 plus like that I, I, I you know that's that's not the same thing. So I think I under- it's not thirty plus on like crazy volume and like low percentages. No. Like it's a very efficient thirty plus night in and a night out. And most nights, I feel like the performance he put up would have just eventually had the opposing team, the Warriors in this case, like uh, just fold. Like it felt, it felt yeah. like at the end of the third, the early fourth, they were 
begging the Warriors to fold. And, you know, shout out Doc Rivers being like, I'm going to keep him on the bench for six minutes and let the Warriors get hot. And and I appreciate that. Well, Great coaching. <laughs> well, and I, that's that's <laughs> something that, that we talked about during the game was it felt like, like I said, when he got to 11, mm-hmm. I think a lot of teams in that spot, and this is where you can't like quantify that that championship pedigree and like knowing right. how to win. Mm-hmm. But this is why I've not as frustrating as the Warriors have been all season. This is why I've not been able to just punt and be like, they can't win it because you see them tighten up down the stretch against Dallas and then they come home and they tighten up down the stretch against the Sixers. And you saw the Sixers start to get out of rhythm offensively. They started giving up some open looks uh, on the other end and they just kind of they were a little bit discombobulated down the stretch like they didn't know what to do with <laughs> with a team that was swinging back after they got knocked down. I, I think the Sixers are just used to rolling in that spot. And the other thing that the Warriors should get credit for, and it and does play to their advantage in the playoffs, like these dudes have been here. Um, a younger team would have folded also because like it really sucks to play good defense and just it not matter. Yeah, and Draymond and Looney are like as veteran as it gets defensively. You don't think those guys were annoyed with what Joel Embiid was doing? Like, oh, totally. Yeah, but they can stick to the game plan, and you know, it's not easy to stay with the same thing when Mm -hmm. you're just getting scored on on repeat. And that's another thing that I think plays to the Warriors' advantage going to playoffs. Like, yeah. They've been there. They're not going to emotionally react to, uh, you know, an opposing star player and, and newsflash playoffs are all star players like going <laughs> off in that in in that sort of way. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I we'll, we'll get into it a little later in terms of uh, their chances going forward. But like, yeah, when you've been there that much, like you do have kind of the mental toughness. So you could just stay locked in a little mm-hmm. longer to keep going mm-hmm. with it. This week's Light Years podcast brought to you by Factor. Sam is Fendiari. I am trying to lose weight. I am trying to get under 200 pounds. For me to do that, I actually need to eat healthy for the first time in my 31 years of existence. So I am trying to do that with Factor. Power up for springtime with Factor, America's number one rated eat meal kit. Get nutritious, chef-prepared meals delivered straight to your door, leaving you time and energy to tackle everything on your to-do list. Look and feel your best in time for warmer weather with calorie-smart meals around 550 calories or less. If you're too busy to cook with Factor, you can skip the trip to the grocery store and skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. Factor has delicious flavor-packed meals to help you live to the fullest. Choose from keto, which is the new thing I'm trying, sort of, keto, Uh, vegan and veggie, Calorie smart and protein plus options on the menu each week, prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians. Each meal has all of the ingredients you need to be satisfied all day long. So in the last month, because of factor, I've actually lost five pounds. So there you go. Success story from the Light Years podcast. Um, head to factormeals.com slash lightyears50. Use code lightyears50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code lightyears50 at factormeals.com slash light years 50 50 to get 50% off your first box. The other player I really want to talk about tonight was Jonathan Kuminga. I uh, did not play well. And I think this is 
and I don't mean this in like a negative way, but it's like, you know, at the last four to five games, he looks like a budding superstar. And right. I feel very strongly that if he continues on his trajectory, he will be one. Yeah. But he's 20. And yeah. it, it's a reminder as they get into the deeper part of the playoffs, like, you know, hopefully the plan is not to hang on him to be mm. a 30 plus minute per game player in year two of his career when he should be, you know, a college junior, like all intents and purposes, he could be like, <laughs> right. That, that's another part of it. Like a little jump shot happy tonight because Embiid was camped in the lane and you know, so looks like I, the end player. So I, I, I agree. He didn't obviously play well, but I honestly, I think one of the reasons I believe in him so much <laughs> is the fact that he was not playing well, but he was still, hey, alone in the corner, no hesitation, he's pulling that three. Like, yeah. and that's fine. It didn't go down tonight. It's not going to go down every night. And he didn't, I guess it didn't play particularly well on either end. But the fact that it it was like, okay, missed the first three. I think he missed the first three and then and then, and then made his fourth. But it wasn't like, okay, I'm not going to shoot anymore. I'm going to turtle up. Like, right, the right. effort's still there. Like, he's still trying his ass off. But like you said, he's 20. He's not going to play well night in and night out. No, I agree. I agree with you. To me, that's always been the most encouraging thing about him. Like, I want him taking that shot because ultimately for him to get to that next level, he needs to shoot that like Wiggins or yes. Otto Porter where um, I'm open, no hesitation, you know? Yep. And some nights it'll be one for five and some nights it'll be four for five. But the defense knows you're going to shoot it. So they'll, they'll close out to you. Yep. Um, and it's just part of the process. So, yep. hey, how about PJ Tucker? Oh, for five, <laughs> all threes. I mean, he, he kind of the joy I get watching my... PJ Tucker miss threes is just, <laughs> I think it's residual from like 2018, but man, is it... it's so much fun. I mean, it, you know what the funny thing is? Watch PJ Tucker, teams still close out to him like it's prime PJ Tucker because <laughs> muscle memory is real in these moments, right? Like, it's the same reason where, oh, Draymond shooting better from three this year. It's like, okay, cool. <laughs> Better um, if bar wasn't high. <laughs> yeah, it's also the opposing defense is not going to close to him because they see 34% on the scouting report now. Yeah. You're gonna be like, yeah, just, <laughs> you gotta just go show get them. <laughs> yeah. Just hit, hit like two of them, four of them. Maybe yeah. I'll go out there on the fifth one, you know, yeah. like that sort of thing. Um, and you know, like, okay, the Warriors are now 39 and 36. Uh, the Lakers have officially beat the Thunder. They, I think, move into the seventh spot right now. And I'm going to pull up the standings just so we're going off the same thing. But the Warriors are, I don't want to say comfortably in in the sixth spot because it's not comfortable at this stage. But they have it to does. Win on Sunday. They do. They play Minnesota. Um, but they very much control their own destiny in terms of staying out of the play-in, which is, you know, maybe a week ago, I wouldn't have felt that confident about it. Yeah, um, yeah this is an updated standings right here. Half so, game back of the four seed. They are a half game back of the four seed. God. I don't know. If you're looking at this, do you have any preference on what the Warriors should do? Or is your mindset mostly like you can't get that far ahead of yourself? No, my mindset on this is whether it's – I'm even even with KD on the Suns, mm-hmm. whether it's Phoenix, the Clippers, or the Kings. Mm-hmm. If the Warriors are playing well down the stretch, I think they can beat anybody. I think they can beat any one of those teams. But if they go stumbling into the playoffs, 
and it's like, okay, got to lose a couple here to make sure they play this. Like, nah, just keep winning. And right. if they're playing well going into the postseason, I don't give a damn who they play. So, yeah. but if I'm ranking it, I think it probably goes Sacramento Clippers Suns, I think. Ooh. I think. I think it's more I go- just because I don't trust the Clippers in the postseason. I think I go Sacramento and Memphis. Um, mostly, and hear me out on this one. In the first round? Yes. Like they purposely go into the play-in? I don't purposely want to go into the play-in. I'm just saying I would rather play those teams than, oh, okay. I see. Okay. than the Clippers okay. or the Suns. And That's fair. Here's my logic on why I would rather play the Sacramento Kings or the Memphis Grizzlies versus the Clippers or Suns. The Warriors are most likely going to get Gary Payton, the second pack, on Sunday. If not Sunday, immediately after that. Mm-hmm. GP2, if he's healthy, is one of the two or three best point-of-attack defenders in the yeah. NBA. It's like him, Drew Holiday, Caruso. That's the, It's yeah. a short list. What do the Sacramento Kings have? a star point guard. What do the Memphis Grizzlies have? A star point guard. What do the Phoenix Suns and Clippers have? Star Star wings. Huge wings (laughs) who Andrew Wiggins would guard. And I don't know when Andrew Wiggins is coming back. So if you're just asking me, being honest, looking at the next two to three weeks, what type of matchup I feel more comfortable with, I feel more comfortable with them guarding a team driven by their point guard because I feel fairly comfortable GP two will be back and I don't really know what's going on with the Wiggins situation. No one does. I mean, we can get into that a little later, but you know, even if he does come back, it does feel like he will take longer to get back Mm -hmm. to who he was than Gary Payton. The second who's been there since pre all-star break. And this is more of a warriors getting his body where they want to get it more than anything. Yeah, I think having, having like, how many possessions have we seen where teams open threes and it just starts because that point of attack defense was bad? Like, it's just into the lane, defense collapses, it's three open shooters on the perimeter. <laughs> like, that's just, that is the crux of their issue right now. Mm-hmm. So that's why, that's why I liked the GP2 ad. Like, yeah. is he an all-star? No, but man, he fixes a lot of their problems. But, he's, watching- but he is a star caliber defender. He, yes. He's a star at what he does. Like, yeah. it's one of those things where people just don't value defense the way they mm-hmm. they do other things. Like, if the Warriors acquired DeMar DeRozan, it would get headlines and people are like, right. Ooh, they're on the next level. And I'm saying, here, and like, honestly, <laughs> what would he do for this team that Jordan Poole and Clay don't do? Like, it, the last thing they need is another guy who wants to dribble the ball and shoot, you know? Right. I, I'm I watching tonight, mm-hmm. like, you brought up Andrew Wiggins earlier. And I think the conversation around Andrew Wiggins has to go to, like, okay, when he's back, mm-hmm. what does he do? And honestly, tonight, like, tonight was hard because watching Tobias Harris just go to work on Clay, <laughs> that was tough. And you see Harris go 10 of 12. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, Clay just, you know, Clay five years ago is not letting Tobias Harris go 10 no. or 12. <laughs> exactly. But, but you throw Andrew Wiggins, I promise Tobias Harris is not going 10 of 12. And and it's just like, there's just little things like that game in and game out where it's like, mm, they can survive here and there without, without number 20. And Philly's not a team I'd be like, you need a big wing stopper. 
against, you know, <laughs> uh, at least not with not without um, right. uh, James Harden. Yeah, obviously, James Harden played. You'd want someone like Wiggins on him. But yeah, to your point, you know, um, and and so we can we can have the same uncomfortable conversation. We get to have every podcast now. Now it's your turn. Um, game 18, nothing new. Um, when do we need to know that Andrew Wiggins is coming back in general? And do you, do you think this team can win without him? Honestly? Um, when do we need, like, let me, I said that in the wrong order. Can this team make a deep playoff run without him? Mm. <laughs> no, I don't like so logically no. Logically no. But mm-hmm. last year, last year I learned not to rule out Steph Curry doing anything. So sure. maybe. But logically, <laughs> outside of a it would be harder. Effort, it would be a right, lot harder. Right. So <laughs> I think here, let me let me say they can without him. That I think they will with him. Okay. If that if that makes more sense. It, it does. Um, I just you can't. He was there. He was the second best player on a championship team last year, or in the finals. Yeah, like that. For, you can't just remove that from the equation, and just and like, pretend yeah. it doesn't matter. Pretend yeah, it's fine. like not. It's not making your team worse, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, it, it is, and whatever he's dealing with, he's dealing with. But I mean, separate from that, on the court, the Warriors are worse without him. I mean, that's yes. that's just kind of how it is. You just you can't remove a player who's that impactful in a in the playoffs and just be like. Yeah, they're fine. Like this isn't just give Jonathan Tony Lamb just give Tony Lamb his money. We're good. Um, <laughs> all right. The second question is the more nuanced one. Um, for all we know, he could be back next week. But mm-hmm. when do they actually need him back? And by that, I mean um, playing some facsimile of Andrew Wiggins in shape, in rhythm. Uh, it doesn't need to be like game five of the finals where you're like, damn, I didn't know he had that level to him. But like, you know, uh, um, he's an NBA rhythm. Right. Like his basically his preseason, because that's what we're looking at now. Um, yeah. Was it five games? The Warriors won five in a row to close last season. They really struggled through like March and yeah. then just turned it on in one. Lo- that's that's what I'm looking at. The last five. Mm-hmm. Can you get him back for uh, they play against San Antonio Friday, March 31st? And then that's their that's they have five left, including that game. Then they're at Denver, home Oklahoma City, at SAC at Portland. If you can get them for those five games, honestly, even four, starting with the road trip at Denver. I think it's just a one game, so not really a road trip, but that's that's I think that's probably good to get him to get him to do enough to help them. And then he can kind of figure it out through the first and second round. But yeah, and th- and that's kind of just to to get back to what I was saying, that's kind of why I um was really high on them facing a team that's more guard driven than wing driven in round one, just because it's like the last thing I want is a guy who isn't in rhythm, having to figure out how to guard Kevin Durant or, or Kawhi Mm -hmm. Leonard, you know, Um, save that for round two or three, you know, that type of Mm -hmm. thing. So, um, but they may not have a choice in that set equation. Right. So, yeah. And that's that I'm fascinated to see what, because Steve Kerr has been really good at pushing buttons in playoff series. Like he's mm-hmm. been, you know, for whatever complaints you want to have about him during the regular Fire. season, in <laughs> he's, he's done. Um, it was all Ron Adams and Mike Brown. No, um, I, I think for whatever complaints you have about him during the regular season, 
he's very good at pushing buttons over the course of a seven-game series and kind of figuring things out. Yeah. Uh, or he and the Warriors coaching staff. No, I, I agree with you. Shout he's, out to Jama. He's <laughs> Jama's Jama's a man. Um, you yeah, know, Steve's definitely like a big picture tactician, and like last year, I in my opinion was his best playoff run because it just felt mm-hmm. like they had the smarter game plan in every matchup, and it was so thought out in the way they attacked teams over the course of the series. Yeah. One well, and, and they were able to have over the over the course of a game. They were all, they were able to have maybe like the two or three best players on the court in a in a series, mm-hmm. but without Andrew Wiggins, it's Steph, and then can Clay over seven games give you seven games of being the second best player on the court, or Draymond or Poole? Can, can Draymond, I mean, yeah, like that, that, and maybe they can piece it together. And like I said, maybe maybe it's Tony Lamb. Maybe he's the key to all of this. Tony, <laughs> but I I, I Kaminga, you know, mix him in there. I just. I don't know if it like I just don't know if they have the bodies to make up for what Andrew Wiggins does on both ends of the floor when he's right. Yeah. And that's where that's where things get tough. So it would it'd be a fascinating thing to watch from Steve Kerr to see how he would combat that absence. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, we got a question in the chat here I want to touch on from our guy no cap. Memphis is the best first round matchup. I don't want to face the Kings in the first round. Kyle, I'm curious your take on this one. Um yeah, you kind of you kind of jumped when I said I'd rather play Memphis. But what what is your what is your thought on the because technically Memphis could fall to third, you know? It it does seem less up. and less Yeah, they are two up. Uh it does feel less and less likely and maybe in a, in you know, in a couple games it's officially over, but in theory it could happen. Yeah, so um for people who don't know, I my I I'm Warriors fan, died my whole life. Uh, but I came up doing media at the Kings flagship station. So I have a lot of friends in Sacramento. I still follow the Kings. Um, my one my one concern with playing them, I I I do think the playoffs are a different animal. And right mm-hmm. now they're winning a lot of games just because they're trying harder than the other team. Because mm-hmm. uh, this is the first year of their run and that's kind of what happens. But my only concern would be going on the road four times against an offense that's ripping off 130 points a game. Yeah. Um, and maybe the Warriors defense looks different in the playoffs and, you know, that's moot. And I think Warriors fans would travel really well. Uh, but that's Sacramento's first playoff series in 16 years. Like that building's going to be nuts. The Warriors have been terrible on the road, uh, especially defensively and that offense cooks. So that would, that would be my concern. But again, that's, you get into a tight game with the Kings and you have GP two checking deer and Fox full court. And now you're making Kevin Herter and Terrence Davis and all these other dudes make big shots. Like I will, I think I would live with that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would I, live with Steph Curry versus a young team. But I, I kind of, I, I, I think I might lean toward Memphis if I had to pick one of those two teams. I think I'd probably lean Memphis. Okay. For who I'd okay. rather play. I, I have a feeling the Warriors would rather play the Kings because those dudes just don't want to have to fly car- cross country. <laughs> and they they might just be as cocky to be like, dude, I, I really just want to be able to drive to the games for the first round. Um, <laughs> over on. Yeah. It's our first playoff series, man. Like that's, that's a really hard thing to go into for Sacramento. 
I might be a softy, but I really don't want it because I don't want to be the person who has to rain on that parade. Um, I'm either going to be really mad because they beat the Warriors or, or I'm going to, you know, be happy that they win, but feel like kind of bad because like the only fan base I kind of have a soft spot for outside of the Warriors is the Kings. And I, yeah. you know, so whatever. I feel that. I'm sure I'm going to get a text from one of my friends who's a Kings fan after this telling me to, you know, fuck off for. Oh, like, that's right. Patron- You're a Davis guy. For, for patronizing them, essentially. But, uh, <laughs> which I would get. This week's Light Years podcast brought to you by Sword Vitality. Listen up, Dub Nation, especially all our guys out there. We have a special offer on the newest addition to your daily self care routine. Do you shower? Brush your teeth? And I know you manscape to keep the ladies in your life happy. Listen, no shame. Self-care is cool and manly. And that's why you need to add Sword Vitality Excalibur to your daily routine. Sword Vitality Excalibur can encourage optimal sexual health by increasing blood flow to help you thrive when it matters. Trust me, you might think your girl's happy, but what if she could be happier? This 30-day regimen designed to benefit your reproductive function can help maintain a healthy libido and stamina. Now, who doesn't want to last longer? You'll be proud of this product. It looks good on your shelf. It sure as hell feels good, and it shows your partner you care. Add Sword Vitality to your pregame, and you'll always be ready for game time. Visit SwordVitality.com now. Use promo code LIGHTYEARS at checkout for a nice discount. That's SwordVitality.com. Use promo code LIGHTYEARS, and that discount won't be the only nice thing that you'll be getting. But anyway, let's get to the voicemails, Tim. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's up, y'all? It's Antonio from Oakland. I'm calling around the, towards the end of the third quarter. We're kind of close right now, but I'm calling myself. My We're home, and <laughs> Steph's going to take us home. I believe in that. And even though Embiid is supposed to be the MVP and stuff, we know who the best player in basketball really is. So I'm going to call my stat. Y'all can play this if we win or lose. Either way, uh, hope hope you got this one. And shout out to the, the San Diego State Aztecs. I go here. We run this. We took out Bama. Let's go. <laughs> Antonio, by the way, celebrate that. I picked Alabama to win the tournament. And um, not that my bracket was – I was hanging on for dear life anyway. Um, but now I'm out. I didn't fill out a bracket this year. <laughs> and it's been very freeing. I think Antonio from Oakland calls in the 95-7 a lot. Shout out to him. But yeah, San Diego State, big time W. Good for Love them. it. Our Aztecs. Let's go to the next one. Antonio here again, and Steph did it, and surprisingly, <laughs> did it, and we're getting GP2 back real soon. And I'm starting to get delusional because I'm thinking, what if school goes on a hot streak? And then we, we do it, and Peyton comes back. Come on, yeah, let's ride the high, even though they didn't have hard, but let's go. I will say, we, we hit on it earlier. I've, I've turned the corner on pool, and maybe it's because Andy, Andy is the resident. Uh, Jordan pool critic, you know, you know what I mean? Um, oh, dude, and, you should have told, I'd have played that role tonight. You gotta <laughs> let me know these things. Well, there's like eight there. I mean, there's anywhere between 20 to 30 of them, uh, out there. And, <laughs> um, it's not that I disagree with all the criticism of Jordan pool, but it's like, sometimes I feel like he gets held to the standard of Steph Curry, which is a standard he will never in his life ever be able to make no. match He's and different player. Yes. Um, he's just, it's not fair. He's not, he's not God. <laughs> it, like, it re, like it, it's really that simple. He's not going to be able to 
shoot 45% on stupid shots, which is what Steph does. You mean the Warriors didn't just draft another generational superstar, like 28th? <laughs> Crazy. I mean, well, hey, the word's still out on uh, Patrick Baldwin, the 28th pick. So, really good you know. point. He's got a great <laughs> stroke. And hey, hey, it looks automatic. Um, if, if Jordan Poole can just play make a little bit, like that one play he had, I think it was the first or, first or second quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, where he did the little like behind the back dribble and then yeah. got to the free throw line and just threw that sweet bounce pass to Jamichael Green. Like, just play make like that and hit your open threes, dog. I don't need to step back 35 footer. I don't. It's the um, for me, it's the turnovers, it's the um, mm-hmm. the third hezzy <laughs> off the foot. Um, that just that's those are the ones where I'm like. The half spin where he you know, leaves it's, it's the like ball the behind. Meme. If I if I speak, I'll get myself in trouble. You know, it's like that type yeah. of thing. <laughs> um, yeah. When he drives though and does get that spin move right, man. Well, that's what that was. What was so exciting about him tonight? He was way more decisive. When he's mm-hmm. decisive, he is a monster. You know, um, but there's, it's like that balance between uh, hesitation and decisiveness that he doesn't always balance. Like um, right. he's. Obviously, the hesitation move is a is a key part of his game, but sometimes you're like a little too much dancing, buddy. A little too much. So. But that's why. But that's like. But that's why you live with it. He because yeah. you only figure that out by playing. Correct. So he's either going to figure it out or not. And mm-hmm. I I feels like the Warriors are going to ride or die with with him. Yeah, and, and to his credit, I mean, they don't win without him tonight. So you can't nope. you can't hate on him and not praise him in these moments. You know, I mean, you, I, technically you can, but you know, I'm not going to. <laughs> when he knocked down the dagger kind of corner three there, yeah, I was. I guess it wasn't really a dagger, but it put him up five. I was certain that was going in as soon as he caught it. I was like, "That's a bucket," and that says a lot about him as a player. I I think that's why I'll just kind of always be like, as much as I hate it, it's like, mm-hmm. man, I'll I'll rock with him. Yeah. All right, let's get to the next one. What's up, fellas? Uh, there's about ten seconds left in the. <laughs> Uh, Sixers game. I I can't believe the Warriors are going to pull this out. And to me, it's it's hilarious that it's somehow Joel Embiid's greatness that allows Jordan Poole to be viable on defense for the entire fourth quarter. He's involved <laughs> in no action. He the, the Warriors can have other people guard the guys who are going to set the screens, and it just it worked. I think he gave up like one really bad offensive rebound, and that was it. And it's it's all because Joel Embiid is is the offensive player. Anyway, great win. Um, <laughs> looking forward it's to listening to the podcast. <laughs> it's a good point. We like talked about uh, Embiid on one end of the court, but like, yeah, when you just let it throw to him and let him cook, like it does allow it does allow someone like Jordan Poole to just take a nap. Well, that um, that's and that's he's very I, good at napping on defense. That's that's what I didn't understand is they never put. They never put him in that screen action. Yeah. They're just like, great. It's Kavon. Okay. Screen. Okay. Now it's Draymond instead. Like, what do you do? Do so, literally anything else. Like, I was glad they didn't, mm-hmm. but I was shocked that they never did that. Francisco in the chat points out only because Harden didn't play. That's true. Um, Are the 76ers harder to defend without James Harden? I mean, I don't like the fit of the two of them together. Because mm-hmm. let's put it this way. Okay. If James Harden's in the game, he will pick on Jordan Poole. Right. But then Joel Embiid doesn't get the ball. And, mm-hmm. you know, 
are those possessions actually more fruitful playing that type of basketball? I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough question. I could see it going either way on that one, but mm-hmm. it does feel like it's like my turn, your turn, instead of like something that symbiotically makes each other better the way that like, I don't know, like, okay, Steph and Clay play off of each other in a way that, you know, very few players in history have in general. So like, obviously that's not um, super easy to copy, but like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Now I'm just talking in circles. What so. is does, how, <laughs> how do you think how, how do you think this looks different if 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 Harden does play? If is Harden it just more is it just more Dante and less Poole? Potentially, yeah. I think, but I mean, what does it do to? I, I think guarding Harden is much easier for the Warriors. If I'm going to be honest, they've done yeah. that. They're like, all right, we we so less Jordan Poole on the floor, more more Dante, more Kuminga. All Kuminga's probably great guarding James Harden. I mean, he's great guarding Luca. Like it's yeah. a, it's an easier matchup for him. He's, he's a, he's very good. One-on-one it's, it's uh, other aspects of defense that he looks right. young in. Um, yeah. Looney is basically the James Harden stopper on switches. Uh, Draymond is fine. So Draymond. it's like, it's, it's one of those things where I don't know. I don't know if it actually benefits them. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, yeah. Anyway, let's get to the next. I one. don't have a take. <laughs> I was <asking>. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm going it's back and forth on it in my mind, so I I don't feel strongly about it one way or another. But it it all I know is like it, it doesn't feel like James Harden takes Embiid to another level. It's more like all right, Embiid just does what Embiid does, whether Harden's there or not, and then Harden does what Harden does, whether Embiid's there or not. But at no point is it like going off of each other, taking them to some supernova level the way that like you know Steph and Clay right. have for years, right? Let's go. Let's go. What a win. What a win. Jordan Poole, I don't know. The baddies had to have been courtside. The baddies had to have been freaking courtside, dude. Holy crap. What a win. That is awesome. They beat in Philly, Boston, you know, Cleveland, and Milwaukee all at home. They're, They're legit. And I'll always believe because no one's beaten them until they've been beaten in the West. And the West is so mid. As we've said, Jordan Poole, great game. Do you guys think that this is going to be like the game he really needs? He's been playing a little better recently, too. Do you guys think this is the game he needed to like really get going, get back to shooting well? Just a phenomenal game. Uh, love the pod. Always appreciate you guys. Have a great rest of your night. Great fucking dub. Let's go. Now I just feel bad that I didn't bring that energy off the top. Um, I know that people, <laughs> when they're like, love you guys, this is all, like, love the pod. I know they're talking about Andy, but I'm taking those compliments. I'm taking them with me. You should. Uh, people people them. text me on the side saying, I met, I know it. I said you guys, but I met Kyle. Um, wow, so. that's great. Shout out. <laughs> um. I feel like Jordan Poole, actually, to his point, I felt like Jordan Poole had been slowly rounding into form the last few games. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and I'll pull it up. I can't remember the Playoff exact JP? Game. You heard the slander, bro. I mean, I don't want to say it because Paul George said playoff P and then <clears throat> proceeded to, you know, so it's like, it feels too close. It feels too close. Um, it feels like vibes I don't want to put out there. But yeah, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, against against Houston, Sorry, I take that back. Um, I want to say against Memphis in that, or 
against Atlanta, he played a really poor game. And then against Memphis, he started coming around. Uh, Memphis was a game he got like nine or ten free throw attempts. And since Mm -hmm. then, he's built off of it. I thought he played really well against Dallas the the other night. And yeah, tonight, I thought he was excellent. Like, we've spent a lot of time talking about him. Yeah, I don't... If he played like this every night, the the Warriors would be really hard to beat. That's yes. scorching hot. If he scores 33 a night, watch out. No, it's not, it's not even the scoring, though. Like, the, the efficient shooting is great, but it's just... Decisive. it's Yes. Yeah. It's just... It's the overall playmaking. I think he only had, like, three assists, three or four assists. But it's what he does to a defense that is just unique in a way that it's not it's not the same way as Steph, but it's that secondary ball handler, that secondary creator that we've wanted them to have for such a long time. And he does those things. It's just can he avoid the dumb shit? But it's it's being able to do those things in the context of Steph's defenses are so mm-hmm. dialed up to stop him that if he is decisively attacking I don't know what you do because your your option is then you shift attention more to pool, uh, and then you know, boom, boom, Steph will do his thing. So, right? You know, it's 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 the um, it's the the combination of them that just becomes unguardable. Yeah, no doubt. All right, Tim, let's get to the last one. Yo, yo, Pastor here. Oh, what up, guys? What a freaking <laughs> win! This was huge. The freaking MVP of the league. Embiid comes to town. He doesn't sit. He wants to play. He wants to take on Draymond. And he didn't win. He didn't win because he played stupid-ass drop defense and we splashed some threes in his face. It was freaking awesome. I don't care how much of a beast that guy is. We put it to him. And that is why you can never count the Warriors out. We can play defense for some reason at home. We can't play it on the road. Don't know why. Starting to turn that around, and it's looking good for the Warriors. There's a real shot that we can end up somewhere four, four games over 500, maybe even more, and be that fourth seed, be that fifth seed. Everyone should be pumped. Everyone should be tuning into the playback. I'm sick and tired of not everyone showing up in there. We need more people in there. We need more energy in there. Get off your asses. Get in there. Let's have some conversation. Let's enjoy these games as the Warriors march on their way to the four seats. Late, guys. Bye. First Checks off, the mail. my guy, my guy, McWalters, I will be there on Sunday. And I encourage every one of you, if you're watching the game, stream it on playback with us. I'll shoot out the link. I'll give you all the details. Better way to watch. Um, secondarily, the quest for 45 wins is on. We can back. The Warriors, can the Warriors get to 45 wins? Can the Warriors? Uh, that's big. That's big talk. I'm I'm talking six and one the rest of the way. 45 wins, a number With, that would disgust me in preseason, but for most of my life, I would consider a big success. <laughs> well, the the issue with 45 wins, or the so if they got to 45, mm-hmm. that means they get a huge win over Minnesota that puts them well clear of the seven seed. It doesn't clinch the six, but it, it puts them you in a feel, really good You start spot. feeling comfortable right. about puts not them in the playing team. Yeah. And then it's New Orleans, San Zion at, at Chase, and San Antonio. So can they make that a 3-0 and stretch? Because if they do, they've won now six in a row. Now we're at 42. Yeah. And then you're at Denver, mm? and then home OKC 
But does Denver play their guys? TBD. But the, the moral of this story is they have three road games left. They would need to win two of them. If they're winning two road games, two competitive road games where the other team is trying, that just, again, that goes to what I was talking about. Like, they ended last year winning five in a row. If they can win, that'd be three of their final four on the road after being so abysmal there all season. Now it looks like going into the playoffs, ah, hey, you know what? They're starting to figure it out a little bit. So I would, uh, man, if they got to 45, that would be enormous for for several reasons. Yeah, and, and like, honestly, I'm looking at this. Uh, I was being, like, semi-facetious about um, that. But, like, honestly, Sacramento is not going to be playing their guys the second-to-last game of the season. They're going to be locked in. Portland's already sent Dame home. You know, like um, <laughs> Portland is home. OKC and Minnesota on Sunday and OKC uh, a week after that are probably the toughest games they have left in terms of just like two teams fighting it out for standings positioning. Right. Mm-hmm. Like Denver will have. I mean, Denver's basically clinched home court anyway. So it's one of those things where. They might be able to, you know, create the separation they need. Um, and and it's funny considering the zestful that was the regular season, the most part. Yeah, I, I'm. What a ridiculous season. Yeah, the fact, I, we're, the fact that we're sitting here after they beat Philly, and it's like, yeah, if they can get to 45 wins, I could feel really good about where they're at. Like, that's yeah. just man. I agree. All right. Did you know well, Denver would be tied for the three seed in the East, and the Warriors would be <laughs> the Warriors would be the eight seed in the East? I did know that. Um, well, not off the top of my head, but you know. All right. Okay. So I didn't know that. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. I did know the West was doing worse than the East. I hadn't actually put the numbers in my in my face, but um, yeah. I mean, it's look. I will not feel guilty about this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this right now. We're ending on this take. My entire life, the West has been significantly better than the East. I will not feel guilty for once in my life getting the NBA equivalent of an 8-8 eight and eight division title. I'd take that for sure. <laughs> Kyle, I appreciate you. Yeah, anytime, man. <laughs>